welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be giving our way-too-early 2021 fantasy preview. And Chris is finally back after weeks off of the podcast. I came back for a mini-episode, but Chris is now back on the show. And we will be releasing weekly episodes for the entire offseason. Chris, welcome back. It's good to have you. I can't wait to get into the preview. Yeah, I'm very excited to be back. And it's kind of crazy to think we made it through one season. We're back for our second season of fantasy. More experienced, better rankers. We've learned from our mistakes, and we've learned from our successes. We're ready to go. Mm-hmm. We've got a yep. bunch. We're basically going to be releasing weekly episodes throughout the entire offseason, like I said. And But for this week, this is actually going to be the last week that we release the episode on Tuesday because, I mean— for scheduling for us since, I mean, it doesn't really matter which day of the week we release the episode on for the off season. We're going to start releasing the episodes on Mondays regularly. We'll probably usually be recording on Sundays, maybe Saturdays sometimes if we need, but we'll be releasing on Mondays for the entire off season. So you can count on that and we'll let you know if anything changes on Twitter at SGF pod. Um, so you can follow mm-hmm. us there for updates. Chris is at Chris underscore SGF. I'm at Calvin underscore SGF. Um, but yeah, Chris is back. We're ready to go mm-hmm. for the preview, and we've got a new podcast soundboard, so not going to be playing all the drops just to play them, but basically we've got a soundboard of like 30 different drops that I can just play on with a click of a button, so it's a lot better mm-hmm. than the system we used before, so it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so we're actually not going to have, I don't know if we'll have any drops at all today. I mean, I might play one if I feel like it, but no segment drops today because we're just Mm -hmm. going to be getting right into the fantasy preview. So basically we'll be previewing quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then our first round overall rankings. And for each position, we'll give some booms at the position, which either they can be breakouts or they can be players that are like supposed to be values. Just will who will boom based on like their ADP. I think that's what we eventually decided. We'll be doing Mm -hmm. that for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And then we'll give our top 12 uh, overall players. And we're, uh, going to be doing overall rankings on the website this year but just our top 24 not the full overall rankings because I mean Chris and I I assume you would agree like after the first two rounds drafts go so differently that it's kind of hard you can't really just map out a play a certain person's position by position layout like it's not sometimes the best draft strategy is to have no draft strategy at all when it regard comes to positions yeah I mean definitely I think you want to have an idea of what you want to go for but overall rankings are really tough because some people just depending on your league, different positions are going to go higher. I mean, some leagues, you'll see quarterbacks going off the board in first and second round, and you'll be you'll have to grab a quarterback early if, if you want to get a good one. And then other leagues, I mean, you just the quarterbacks will sit in there, and they the first one won't go until the fifth round, you know. So it's really just by your league. And I think that's it's really important to realize that I think the more important thing is positional and then to just figure out kind of what your team needs in terms of the positions. Yeah, and of course, overall rankings are still valuable. But, I mean, you can just check out Fantasy Pros' consensus for those. They're not something that needs to be followed super closely, which is why I don't think it was worth the time or hassle to make us, like, or for us to make overall rankings. But we're still working on our 2021 position rankings. We're putting a lot of work into those. They'll be only released when they're good and ready, or maybe not completely good and ready, but at least a good draft of where we have players. And you can go check that out at sites.google.com slash view slash second goal fantasy. They're not released yet, but Chris and I are toiling away. I've already had some rankings debates. I just keep flip-flopping back and forth. It's going to be a lot of work, but we'll get it done for you guys, and they're completely 100% free. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's definitely worth it to check it out. 
Um, I think there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, I understand what you were saying, Chris, about like the quarterback example, but I mean, if quarterbacks are going in the first and second round, I don't know if it's necessarily wise to go grab one early just because the late round quarterback strategy works so well. I think it is because here's the thing. Some of the backup quarterbacks are, are going to start going early. If people are reaching for quarterbacks, they're probably going to reach for a backup quarterback early as well. So I think that you don't want to be finding yourself in a position where people are trying to take their backups and you're still looking for your first guy, because though it is a really good strategy and we had JJ Zacharyson um, on the show a couple of, what was it like two, three weeks ago? And yeah. uh, that he talked about that a little bit. And I mean, it's a really good strategy, but you don't, also don't want to let, let that strategy get to your head and not go for a quarterback, you know? Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like if they're going in the first and second round, quarterbacks are pretty deep. So if, if like, I don't think most leagues do this. I only think leagues take the elite quarterbacks early these days and you can still wait on them. But say there's like six quarterbacks going after round three, then like if they're going, I would probably in that type of league be the last person to take a quarterback, but I might take one in like round six. I understand. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm that it's at that point I'm looking at guys like Joe Burrow. I mean, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill. Those are the kind of guys I'm looking at if I'm waiting all the way until then. Yeah, but I mean, there's plenty of late round quarterbacks that'll break out each year. I don't. I'm not loving this class as much as others, but I mean, there's still guys that mm-hmm. you can get later that'll be fine, mm-hmm. and you can just the position. It was a down year for streaming quarterbacks, but even in this year you could still find plenty of guys that you could stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, la- definitely. Last note before we get started, um, I guess I talked, I don't know if I talked about this on the show with Will last week, but I did get a new, I think I might have mentioned it briefly, I got a new mic stand and uh, windscreen and pop filter for my microphone, so that's why I sound like completely professional over here. And then Chris has mm-hmm. that too, so yeah. we're like best sound quality in the biz over here. Mm-hmm. We Just are. Kidding. Not the best, but I mean, Ed, I would say it's pretty good, not to brag or anything. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's weird not pushing a button to get the uh, get to the preview, but let's get into it. We're going to start with quarterbacks. We've got two booms, like slash values, like like I already explained, and two busts for each of us at quarterback. And I mean, Chris, since you haven't been on the show in a while, why don't you start with your first quarterback boom of 2021? My first quarterback boom, and this is one that people are going to thank me for at the end of the year. Jameis Winston, I have him as my Q B8. Now, obviously, if he doesn't start or anything or he's not on the Saints, don't go looking for to get Jameis Winston. That would just be stupid. But I think my prediction is that he's going to end up the starter of that Saints team. And uh, we actually heard Drew Brees tell him after Drew Brees lost to uh, Tom Brady in the NFC Championship, say or in the NFC Divisional, say, this is your team now. And that just tells me that he's going to be the guy. And then if he is the starter on that team, he has so many weapons around him. I think the Saints, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up one more nice wide receiver option. He's got a great check down option to Alvin Kamara. So I think that'll help him limit the picks just because he has that option. And Sean Payton is a really good coach. He should have Drew Brees. I mean, actually, he's not going to – Drew Brees, it looks like Drew Brees is going to retire. And that's kind of my point. But uh, I think that he has a nice basis and a nice foundation with the coaching staff there. And that's going to allow him to flourish. If he can get the picks down and he keeps those yards up, I mean – it's one thing to lose points for picks. It's another thing when you're turning the ball over because of it. I think that he can be a top uh, top wide receiver with Michael Thomas. And, I mean, he threw for so many yards that, that year. I just think that if he can figure out the picks here, even just a little bit, he can still be a above average quarterback in terms of turnovers. But 
I think that if he just gets it a little bit better with that offense and that running back, Alvin Kamara, and that wide receiver, Michael Thomas, I think that this is going to be a good season for them. Yeah, I mean, I like the pick if Winston starts. I don't think it's a guarantee because obviously if Drew Brees retires, he doesn't have control of that team. But I agree. Sean Payton's a good coach. I still think Jameis will be up in the league in interceptions, but I don't think he'll get 30 again because Mm -hmm. I think Sean Payton will sort of coach him a little bit better. Um, I'm just trying to pull up the QB leaders from like 2018 because even when Winston threw 30 picks, he was was still still a really good quarterback. I guess it wasn't 2018. It was actually 2019. Mm-hmm. He was the quarterback four in 2019. Jameis Winston. Exactly. Don't forget. And I'm not ranking him as the quarterback eight just because I don't like, I know Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. I don't think there's like, maybe th- there's not like a close enough chance to hundred percent where I'm going to rank him there yet. But if he is the starter, I'm going to be in and I'm going to love that. And I think he's going to be a value because people might shy away because of his interception. So I really like this pick. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think honestly, well, I mean, late, if you like late round, <laughs> Late round quarterback strategy, Jameis Winston, if he starts and would be one of the guys I'm looking for. Only downside is if he actually gets benched, which could happen. But mm-hmm. I mean, if he's on the field, we mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be very good. Yep. And my first quarterback boom, I mean, Jameis Winston could be considered one of them. But Jalen Hurts, my first quarterback boom, and it's because Late in the season last year, he really just broke out ever since he took over for the Eagles. He really started opening that up that offense. I mean, obviously, Carson Wentz is supposed to be a dual-threat quarterback, but Jalen Hurts was the dual-threat quarterback, running the ball a ton, opening up space for Miles Sanders. I can tell you I'm really happy for Miles Sanders that Jalen Hurts is finally starting. And I think next year, I mean, he'll continue to do well. He put up numbers. I mean, it's only a four-game sample size, but he put up numbers against the tough Saints defense when he took over. Um, He was decent against Washington. He looked like a pretty good quarterback, not the best passer, maybe like a Lamar Jackson type of runner. But here's, I mean, his ADP on Fantasy Pros, his consensus right now, is QB 16. And I like that a lot. I don't think he's going to be the next Lamar Jackson, but I don't think, like, I think his ceiling is Lamar Jackson. His floor might be a guy like Cam Newton, but I don't think he's going to hit either of those. I think he might be somewhere in between as far, because his mm-hmm. rushing baseline I, is just fantastic. Yeah, I'm actually not very high on Jalen Hurts. I won't label him as a bust because I think I'm near ADP on him, but um, I do not like him. I think the teams are going to slowly figure him out, and he didn't look that good towards the end of the season. I just don't trust the wide receiver weapons enough. And though his running ability is really good, I feel like he could end up being a little one-dimensional, and that's going to be a problem for me especially when he doesn't have wide receivers to make plays for him. That's my biggest concern with him. I will say that I think he does have a chance to boom. I think he's actually going to be a very boomer bust player, but I'm leaning more towards the bust side right now just because I don't trust his talent enough. And that's and talent and wide receiver court. That's the main reason why I don't trust him. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I can see your concerns, and I, that's why I'm saying he's not going to be like Lamar Jackson. But at a quarterback 16 price, which is also where you have him, Chris, in the late rounds of the draft, you're telling me you're not taking Jalen Hurts as a backup? I would all day just for his rushing yeah, upside not. and his rushing baseline, which I mean, I guess are two different things, but both are provided with Jalen hurts. Mm-hmm. All right. But I mean, and I'm, I'm not like super excited on a ton of quarterbacks this year, but I mean, if I had to pick a boom, Jalen hurts would definitely be up there. So, and then Chris, your second boom, I mean, very predictable from you. If you guys listened to the show last off season, you would understand. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I don't even know what his ADP is, Calvin. Do you want? Do you mind checking his ADP for me? His ADP, okay, I'll check. I have him, yeah, and let me go look. It's my guy, Ryan Tannehill, guys. I was right about him last year. 
And the only reason that he's a little bit lower this year is I just feel like there are better quarterbacks. I mean, like guys like Jameis Winston and Justin Herbert just jumped up my board and they took the spots of, and uh, Josh Allen, they took the spots of Brian Tannehill, but he's still a really good quarterback. The top 12 is or like for me, the top 12, yeah, the top 12 of this or uh, the top 13 of this quarterback class in my rankings is loaded. Once you get below that, I feel like it's a little bit weaker than normal. But that's why I have Ryan Tannehill at 11. I think he's going to be a really solid quarterback. And I definitely, he's that one guy. Again, I'm telling you guys, get him in the late rounds. And it worked out so well for so many people. He ended up finishing, I think, around QB7 or QB8. So I definitely trust my guy, Ryan Tannehill, especially in that offense with those wide receivers. A.J. Brown is so good. Yeah, his consensus is actually a bit better, too. It's like quarterback 10. I think I have him as 10 or 11 right now. And I mm-hmm. agree. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, like, he's a good guy to stack with, like, a breakout candidate because we know what we got in Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. You get pretty oh, yeah. sol- solid QB1 numbers, like, more back end to solid. Um, and you can predict when he's going to do well for the most part. And when Derrick mm-hmm. Henry's good, Ryan Tannehill's good, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's – yeah, it was interesting with Tannehill. I mean, obviously, your pick was really good way ahead of ADP, but I mean, actually not just Tannehill. I think I was, I was actually thinking of something else. Like what you, I was thinking of what you said about like the top 13 quarterbacks. And I mean, this isn't a reason just because the later quarterbacks are weaker than usual. Isn't a reason to abandon the late round QB strategy. In my opinion, I just think that means you stack together two back end QB ones that you take later. Stack Jalen Hurts and mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill. Stack Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill. Stack Jameis Winston and Joe Burrow. Stack Jameis Winston, Jalen Hurts. I love, I love all of those stacks for next year. They're super cheap mm-hmm. and they'll, they could work. Yeah. All right, and then I just mentioned him. Joe Burrow is my second breakout. He looked absolutely very, very good on the field uh, this year. I think I'm trying to remember. Oh, I had him. I had him as the QB 14 heading into this year, and his consensus was quarterback 20. And he was performing like a back end QB one throughout the first part of the year until he got injured. Now he's coming back. He's got all sorts of weapons with Joe Mixon, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. It's going to be absolutely fantastic for Joe Burrow next year. And I really love his wide receivers, especially with the return of himself and Mixon. But yeah, I mean Burrow's ADP is pretty solid as well, back end QB one. But I mean. Mm-hmm. I was there before a lot of people were. I'm very proud of that. But I think Joe Burrow is going to be very good next year. And I'll yeah, I probably totally draft him. In, yeah, I mean, I guess we only have one league. So I'm, I don't know if I'd say I'd probably draft him. But in mock drafts, I'll be drafting him a decent amount. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he has so many weapons too. T. Higgins and Tyler Board were both really good last season. And I mean, Calvin and I will both talk about later how we both like Higgins and Tyler Boyd. I'm finally, I was right last year about Tyler Boyd's finishing. I think I'll be right again this year. I have him as a. The only, he was a wide receiver 12 before he got hurt. And Chris was Mm -hmm. right, quote unquote, because he dropped off to about like the wide receiver 30 or something. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Finley and Giovanni Bernard running the show. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was pretty close, I'd say. Yeah. And Brandon Allen, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Busts. Here we go. Chris, go ahead. My first bust for QBs is Lamar Jackson. And I'll explain why. I just think his passing was too inefficient. He doesn't have the wide receiver core. And this is really similar to Jalen Hurts here. I think that he's just a more talented Jalen Hurts. Like, I don't like the group in there. But he really did not show many things. I honestly think he's he regressed. He did regress last season. I don't know if I necessarily trust him. Seems like teams almost had a better game plan for him, like, in his second season. And he just wasn't able to capitalize on some of the opportunities that I felt like he had 
He's still going to be really – he's still a QB1 definitely because of his rushing ability, but I don't trust his passing ability enough to have him very high. I have him at QB9, which I think is below ADP by a good margin. So um, I'm pretty bullish on him, but I, I still like him. If you want to draft him, it's a very boom bust pick, I will say that. I think with a lot of these rushing quarterbacks, sometimes it ends up being a boom or bust pick. But um, I just don't trust his passing ability enough. And though we do say that, you know, running ability is so important for a quarterback, but I'd much rather have someone like Deshaun Watson, who he might not be as good of a runner, but he's a much better passer. And, and I mean, he has better weapons, even with even without Deon, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Deshaun I mean, Watson but Deshaun Watson, I mean, well, if – since Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are free agents, maybe not. But Deshaun Watson also has good rushing ability. But I see what you mean about Lamar. I'm not going to go, <clears throat> excuse me, put him at QB9. But I think a mid-tier QB1 projection is probably a little more realistic around there. I think people might get a little excited with his name value. Although he can really put up numbers against bad defenses. He can win you weeks sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, but yeah, he was certainly, this is why you don't take a quarterback early. Like I, Mahomes is the number one quarterback. And I know we're going to be seeing Mahomes go in the second round in some drafts. Guys, please don't. He finished as like the QB four this year. Like he's mm-hmm. not going to be the far and away QB one. The 50 touchdown season was more of an outlier. I think it was interesting because Mahomes was good this year, regressed in or two years ago, really good, like great, regressed the year after. And then I think he put up a season sort of in between this year and that's what you can sort of expect from Mahomes you know he's going to give you a very good QB1 spot but maybe not the QB1 don't draft him in the second round I I might not even draft a single quarterback before the fourth round this year maybe not even I'd I'd consider Mahomes in the in the late second round and early third round but yeah other than that I'm not really considering a quarterback late second really I mean but do you realize how little the gap is between Josh Allen and Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson yeah, yeah, that's why I'd say I'd probably push him back to the third round. But if you're, if if you think that your league is going to start going quarterbacks early and you're you want Patrick Mahomes, I don't mind the pick in late second round. I mind the pick. I would not do it when the. I mean, what you late second round. Let's look. I mean, at my rankings, I've got guys like Justin Jefferson, Chris Carson, uh, AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins. Late second round. You're telling me you would take Pat, Patrick Mahomes over all of those? Mm-hmm. Wow. What? Wait, all of them? Over what? Oh, the guys I just said. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about other quarterbacks. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. P- quarterback. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback. I'm not, I'm just trying to make a case against late second round. Let me yeah. I don't think at- he's like, I'll, I'll say he's, he's definitely early third round, third rounder. I don't find that. I like that. Okay. Well here, here's, I mean, late second round. It's like, or late second, early third, like guys like Austin Eckler, who I know you love next year. You would take him over Patrick Mahomes in a heartbeat. Joe Mixon, maybe guys like, uh, if I look at my RB rankings, early third round running backs with like Josh Jacobs, Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, wide receivers, maybe like um, Mike Evans, guys like that. You would take Mahomes over them? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I would recommend. I'm not exactly sure where I'd rank. Actually, at, I don't know. No, no, not all those guys. I think some of them I would. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm not exactly not sure where I'd rank. Some of them I would. I doubt it's going to be in the third round, but I don't know because I haven't really. Done Wait, my say some of your last guys. Past top twenty-four. Say some of your last last guys. Uh, Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, David Montgomery, mid-third rounders type of guys. 
Yeah, no, not those guys. I, I like all those guys. Okay, so but... that means you think Mahomes is like a late third rounder. No, I think he's really third rounder. Well, those Who do guys you have like as your, like, number 20, 20, 20? Okay, how about we look at fantasy pros as consensus because my rankings aren't necessarily consensus. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look. Uh, overall rankings. So, on fantasy pros, Patrick Mahomes is, in fact, number 22, which I think is too high. But let's look. Mid-third rounders. Cam Akers. Chris Godwin. I don't know why he's up there. Well, actually, I guess I do. Just Justin Jefferson. Antonio Gibson. Keenan Allen. Julio Jones. I'm not listening to him in order, by the way. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans. I take him ahead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, definitely. Oh, well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was actually the highest of all the guys I named. <laughs> our rankings are not with the consensus as much. I mean, we yeah. want to make our own opinions. But and they, I think they I'd take him over like Chris Godwin. Definitely. What? I think I'd take him over Chris Godwin, too. Okay, that's fair. We've been talking about this for a while. I would just – I'm way off of the early round quarterback strategy. I wouldn't – even if quarterbacks were – like if Mahomes went second round, I wouldn't consider a quarterback until way later. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. My first bust is Matt Ryan. His quarterback 14 rank is a little high, first of all. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate it except that he was extremely inconsistent this year. Yes, he didn't have Julio, but even so, he was extremely inconsistent. He did not look like the quarterback he once was. When Julio comes back, I don't expect Ryan to improve drastically. And I don't know if Julio can even stay healthy anyway. Like, I mean, I know Ryan loves to throw to Julio, but he already has a one in that offense without him, in Calvin Ridley. And, I mean, I guess a running back upgrade would help. Like, obviously, the Falcons are probably going to upgrade at running back this offseason. I mean, so I guess I – I mean, I don't absolutely hate the QB14 ranking for those reasons, but his inconsistency this season was maddening. And when you can't rely on a quarterback, that makes him fall lower than what he actually scored, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then your second bust is the Super Bowl champion, the one who's Tom won Brady. more I, Super I, Bowls. I, I love Tom Brady. I think he's a great quarterback, and he has great weapons. I just don't trust – I just don't trust him enough to put up fantasy points on a consistent basis. I think they like to run it uh, in the end zone a little – around the red zone, and I think Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, they're going to be a nice one-two punch to steal some touchdowns. So uh, that just makes me a little bit concerned about him and just the – the stats have never been there. Like they were never consistent enough. And I just feel like he's going to be consistently 17, 18 points. I don't mind the pick. And if you want to take him around consensus, I actually, I think that's solid. I would just disagree though. I think that in the, in the end, I mean, I don't think he's going to get injured or anything. So you'll get, you'll find a little bit of consistency with how much he's playing and stuff. I think his touchdown numbers are going to be fluctuating a little bit. And that's just a problem for me. So I just don't trust him enough. And, uh, even though the Bucks won the Super Bowl, I don't think they're going to be some crazy dominant offensive team in the regular season next year. So I don't trust him to put up consistent fantasy points. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, the, Brady's offense may will probably regress. I think Antonio Brown's going to leave. Um, Chris Godwin may. I think they'll either re-sign one of Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown. Maybe pro- maybe not both, but maybe, maybe both. But I think Brady will probably see some regression next year. Obviously, he's still in decline, but he sort of figured out that offense midseason, and that's what I really liked to see. He was very solid from then on, so I'm fine with taking him as a back-end QB1. Although, mm-hmm. I, I guess I can see where you're coming from, but I think more of his beginning season erratic play was based on that he wasn't used to the offense, mm-hmm. especially during the pandemic year. Yeah, but okay. fair enough. My yeah, I, I mean, most... I always – I love Tom Brady. He's definitely the GOAT. I mean, we, we, we haven't even talked about the Super Bowl. I mean, he's just – Played incredible there, and uh, I think that I think that 
just he's going to always put up consistent numbers because he's such a good quarterback. And I think that's going to come in the form of yards. I don't necessarily trust him as much to put up these massive touchdown games. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, my second bust is going to be uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I actually have Aaron Rodgers around consensus. I've got him as like quarterback eight, I believe, which is around his consensus. And I think this this pick, it, he's going to bust compared to last year. That's sort of what this pick is. And it's also for more casual fantasy players who just see Aaron Rodgers' name and just boom, pull the trigger. Aaron Rodgers' 9.1% touchdown rate this season was the highest of his entire career. And he only had one other season that was even remotely close to it. Lamar Jackson, I, I don't know if there have even been how many better seasons there have been. I think there's only been one, which is Lamar Jackson's 9.2 last year. But we saw how much Lamar Jackson dropped off, didn't we, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think Aaron Rodgers might do the same. He's still an above-average touchdown thrower, but he's going to drop. And people, like casual players, will see Aaron Rodgers and maybe take him in the top five of quarterbacks. That is a huge mistake. I would trust the rankings on this one, guys. Casual fantasy players. Beware of Aaron Rodgers. I was off of Aaron Rodgers last year, so call me salty, but this is the truth. Aaron Rodgers is going to yeah, regress this year. I'm I don't salty. love Aaron Rodgers. I think the touchdowns are going to go way down. I mean, like uh, JJ said when, when we had him on the show last week, I mean, his touchdown rate was the second best that the NFL has ever seen, and that's bound to go down. I think he's going to fall nicely back to where he was maybe two years ago. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Aaron Rodgers is a good player. He's probably had some sort of resurgence, but like we've learned our lesson about absurd touchdown rates. Don't tell me like, oh, Lamar Jackson. Well, actually, I guess I ranked Lamar Jackson ahead of Patrick Mahomes this year. But I mean, like I I think a lot of people were taking Lamar Jackson very early, not expecting being like, oh, if I get what he did last year. And that's the thing with quarterbacks. When they have a great season, they're pretty much always going to regress from it the next year. Like, not, I'm not talking like very good. I'm talking like historically great, like way better than like like people who are expecting Mahomes to do his, what he did in his first se- season as a starter, taking him in the second round. That's not going to happen again unless he gets ridiculously mm-hmm. lucky. So that's yeah. why if like if we knew that the quarterback was going to repeat the season, I'd be fine with taking quarterbacks higher than I do now. Still not like crazy high, but we don't know that. And there are so many other options later in round later in the draft. Mm-hmm agreed all right running backs i've got so many running backs i like i can't Mm -hmm. wait but chris is gonna start with his oh man i really don't like this one chris i mean i think of most of your picks i either agree with or understand but i'm just gonna be honest and um i'm not i don't don't mean to be mean but like i really don't like this pick it's just my opinion you can have your opinion but i really don't like this pick Mm mm-hmm (laughs) <laughs> My pick is Austin Eckler. And Calvin is going to cry all he wants, but with that <laughs> offense under Justin Herbert, he is just going to be incredible. I mean, we saw what did in the passing game. And, I mean, Austin Eckler is extremely talented. In the few games he played, he was so good. This offense is going to take a step up. They're going to have a new coach that is going to use these players, right? And I just think that this this team is really good. I wouldn't be surprised if Austin Eckler has a top five season, and I'm thinking about moving him even higher. I was going to wait till you were finished on that, and then I heard top five season, and I was like, no, not happening. Calvin, just because you did that, I'm moving Austin Eckler up to number six. Oh, his consensus is RB10, and that's already too high. He's one of my busts. 
I'll save that for, I mean, you have your argument. I'll explain later when I talk about him in my bust because he's like my top bust. Yep, he just went ahead of Alvin Kamara. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, you're joking, right? I am not joking. This is like my, okay. I understand like moving players ahead of Alvin Kamara. Believe me, I moved Kenyon Drake ahead of him last year. And that was like the worst pick I've ever made. So Chris, please trust me on this. Don't move him ahead of Alvin Kamara or I'll make fun of you so profusely at the end of the year. No, I did. (laughs) I'm shivering. That's like all... (sighs) You realize if Austin Eckler doesn't get hurt and his passing game targets magically go up and his carries magically go up and his goal line target touches magically go up, that's his absolute ceiling. His floor is much lower, so you've got to rank him kind of in between. At least go move him down to consensus, Chris, please. Okay, Calvin, okay. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I'm glad we picked. Th- we didn't. We weren't going to do the whole soundboard, like set up the sounds before today. So Chris and I agreed that, like, because I like the drops more than he does. And I, mm-hmm. I, we, first of all, all I agreed not to use them that much, which I haven't. I just <laughs> this in this one specific instance, I had to. We agreed to get three drops, get the sound ready on three drops, and this was one of them. And I'm very happy I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get the yeah. rest of the drops ready, like probably for next week or maybe in a couple weeks. I don't know. But mm-hmm. my yeah. first boom is a guy who's more of a value, like you know how I explained earlier. James Robinson. The narrative about James Robinson is absolutely, absolutely, it disgusts me. People have him genuinely ranked, and the majority of fantasy experts have him ranked as a mid tier RB2. He is my RB9 this year. I will say it for everybody to hear. It is completely non-consensus, but he is my RB9 this year. Let's hear. So James Robinson was the RB4 from weeks one through 16 and half PPR this season. Let's, mm-hmm. um, excuse me. Let's hear the argument against him. They're going to bring in another running back and his percentage of the team's running back touches will go down. Both of those things are probably true. However, first off, James Robinson is going to remain the clear starter. I think that's clear because he's very talented. Mm -hmm. Also, the Jags are going to take Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick. That will help these the following stats. Wins and time of possession. The Jaguars' time of possession was 27 minutes and 48 seconds per game. That's second worst in the NFL. They're missing out on over two minutes of game action. Even... that an average team would have. Trevor Lawrence is bringing this team up from a 1 and 15 team to probably a 6 and 10 or 7 and 9 team in his first season because he's just that good. He's a generational talent. Maybe even 8 and 8 or higher. They have a ton of cap space. If they make moves in the offseason, they could even become like a 30 minute, 31 minute time of possession team. Not only that, I know that's not a huge difference. But the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence are going to be leading in games way more than they would as a 1-15 in 15 team. This team, I, th- I think it's realistic to say the Jaguars are about 7-9. and nine. This team's like an average or slightly below average team. They'll be winning in games a decent amount. They'll be pounding the ball with James Robinson because they're up. I'm not saying there's not going to be no touch decrease for James Robinson, but as the RB4, having a sum of a touch decrease drops him to about the RB9 where I have him. I think that's perfectly fair. And mm-hmm. he was so consistent this year. Consistency is so valuable. That's what you want in your first-round running backs. In later rounds, get guys like DeAndre Swift. I mean, I'll take him second round, early mm-hmm. second round. But, like, 
consistency in the first, late first for James Robinson. And then later you get your like your DeAndre Swifts, your Antonio Gibsons, who are going to drop too far in drafts for sure, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, but um, so your second is actually multiple players. It is. Yeah, my second is the Cleveland running backs in general. I have Nick Chubb at number five, and I'm yet to rank Kareem Hunt, but uh, I think he's definitely going to be higher than consensus for me. I just love this offense with Kevin Stefanski. They're really growing. And I think that Baker Mayfield's development is actually a good thing because it's going to allow teams, it's going to force teams to have to take people out of the box. You're going to get Odo Beckham Jr. back, and that's just going to spread things out. And I think that's really what the Browns need. I mean, they've got one of the best offensive lines in the league, and it's very young. It's still developing. I just think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to run rampant behind this line. I think they could both go for 1,000-yard seasons, and I just think that they're both at least top. I think, I'm not sure what Kareem Hunt's consensus is, but I know he's at least uh, above RB24. I think for me, he's probably going to be above RB20. And then, uh, or, or I don't know about RB20, but and then Nick Chubb is my RB5. All right. Yeah, I mean, I like the pick. I mean, I, I don't know if I like it as much with Hunt because Chubb sort of became the alpha in that backfield. But I like Chubb as a pick. I mean, I'm not insanely high on either. I'm probably about consensus on both. But I can at least see where you're coming from. It's not like an Austin Eckler pick for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. I've got like a scratchy throat or something. But, oh, man, if you thought I was excited about James Robinson, you ready for DeAndre Swift, my 15 overall player? Overall consensus, RB26, RB consensus, number 14 in half PPR fantasy pros. I have him as 15 and 12 for a reason. Because DeAndre Swift is going to be the next true workhorse running back. Dan Campbell has stated he wants to use DeAndre Swift in the slot. He wants to use DeAndre Swift in open space. He wants to, I don't know if he's directly said this, but he's definitely implied that he wants to build around DeAndre Swift. All you ever hear, DeAndre Swift, blah, blah, blah. DeAndre Swift, blah, blah, blah. As if he didn't have enough targets already, which he already had like a lot. And he's an excellent pass catcher, which is huge for half PPR. But he's also a good runner. And what we're finding out is guys like DeAndre Swift, he didn't have one particular trait that stood out. I mean, obviously his pass catching is very good. He didn't have one like crazy Derrick Henry type trucking, Nick Chubb power running type trait. He was very, very good at everything. And what we're finding out with this guy is that very, very good can be good enough. It's kind of like Josh Jacobs, although I think DeAndre Swift is even better than Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. I think his ceiling is like a top six RB. His floor, maybe a mid-tier RB2. So I'm putting him at RB12. I'm locking in. DeAndre Swift will be an RB1 next year. I know we'll have like some episodes later in the offseason on our bold takes. I'm almost certain that that's going to be one of them. I mean, seeing DeAndre Swift in the slot, I was seeing comparisons like an article, is DeAndre Swift going to be the next Alvin Kamara? I would absolutely love that if he would. And I think he will. I would go after DeAndre Swift at his early third round ADP all day long. Mm-hmm. All day long. In fantasy, yeah. get him in the, or if you get him in the third round, you've just fell, fallen flat on your face on a, well, not fallen flat on your face. That's not a good wording. Fallen right into a gold mine of league winning potential. DeAndre Swift hype train has officially begun. Yeah, I'm all with you. I don't know if I can say anything more. I'm not as emphatic as Calvin is about DeAndre <laughs> Swift, but I'm definitely on that train as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have Chris on the DeAndre Swift hype train. It's like, we actually agree on a lot, a, a decent amount of like, I mean, I don't know, we, we don't agree on a, and everything by any means. We still have plenty of disagreements. But I think more of our bold takes this year, we agree on. 
Mm-hmm. Like last year yeah. it was like all of my bold takes, like Juju, Tyler Boyd, all of ten Kenyon Drake. We disagreed on like all of those. I know I was with you on Juju. Mm, you had him as like wide receiver eighteen, so kind Which, of. Well, I mean, he finished as wide receiver eighteen, so. I think I did <laughs> That's a good point. Anyways, my my third With running back, stuff. my third running back boom is AJ Dillon. And I think this is really just dependent if he gets this backfield. And this is a talent pick for me. This is solely based on talent and what we saw. And I just think that his talent is going to put him above other other backs. And I mean, in, in in a good offense, when you have a talented back, that can be really unstoppable. And I think it'll be really nice for the Packers to have that extra dimension. And I think that they're going to look to AJ Dillon a lot when uh, when they weren't playing Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And when they were injured and stuff, they looked at A.J. Dillon a lot. And he showed that workhorse potential where he was just roughing up guys for the full 60 minutes of the game. So I think that he's going to be a really solid player. Yeah, that's what I liked about A.J. Dillon. Like like you said, he looked like roughing up guys for the whole 60 minutes of the game. I liked to see that as sort of like a baseline for judging A.J. Dillon. Because if we didn't get to see him play at all, his floor would be like unimaginably low. And his ceiling might be something like a little bit less, uh, probably less than Aaron Jones because, but Aaron Jones was still very good, but probably less than Aaron Jones because he's not as good of a pass catcher, A.J. Dillon. Still, I think he's still fine as a pass catcher though, but I mean, mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't catch as many passes. It'd be more for Jamal Williams, but I like to see that because his ceiling isn't, his ceiling is not as high for me as DeAndre Swift because he's not, he's going to be splitting with carries with Jamal Williams and he's going to be like splitting, like he probably won't get as many catches he can still be like kind of a mini Derrick Henry type player, although that's not like a perfect comparison. I still like the pick. I think his seal it's a good ceiling pick, especially seeing where he's ranked in fantasy pros right now. And I'm starting to agree with you that Aaron Jones is going to leave Green Bay because I think they're going to have confidence in A.J. Dillon. But if Aaron Jones mm-hmm. comes back, I mean, that proves maybe A.J. Dillon's not quite ready. Yeah, okay. And then, uh, Calvin, who is your third RB boom? Um, I mean, where I was say, talking about DeAndre Swift as the next true workhorse, but I mean, Antonio Gibson could take that role as well. I know I'm a little late. I know there were a lot of Gibson truthers, and I was kind of off of them because I was an Adrian Peterson truther. And then when he got cut, I was sort of average on Gibson. But now I'm all in. We saw what he could do this year. We saw he could handle a workhorse type role. We saw that, I mean, we didn't, we didn't use him early in the year, the Washington football team, because they were trying to integrate him into the offense once they did he was very good he got slowed down by a turf pro injury but he was absolutely fantastic I think the target share was a concern but I think that's gonna go up I think Washington will try to get back JD McKissick who was very valuable for them this year as a pass catcher but because that offense and I mean I doubt I doubt they're going to have like an elite quarterback and you know what that offense likes to do when they don't have elite quarterbacks like Alec when, when, I mean, they have like guys like Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and uh, pound the ball Heineke. Yeah. Pound the ball and throw to the running back. So there's going to be enough targets for McKissick and Gibson and Gibson will slowly increase his rushing share. And oh, also Chris, what was that noise in the background? Oh, that was my chair. I accidentally moved a little bit. Oh, okay. He got very mad. Yeah, I was messing with my mic stand at the beginning of the show. I don't think you could hear that, could you? Yeah, I don't think I could. Nice, let's go. Okay, but <laughs> Antonio Gibson. Um. Oh, now, shoot. Now I can't edit out that chair sound because I mentioned it. It's fine. We have good sound quality. But yeah, Antonio Gibson, he's my RB11, actually ahead of DeAndre Swift just because we know his floor. But I mean, I like Swift basically as much as I'm kind of tempted to move him up depending on what we're hearing during like the off season, I might move him up, but I think both of those guys will be RB ones next year. Lock it in. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Or maybe don't lock it in quite yet, but you can pretty much lock it in. 
Yeah, I mean, the, my biggest concern, again, is, like you said, Calvin, is J.D. McKissick, and I know you're not as concerned about it. I think it's making me not like him as much here. I'm just worried that his pass catching ability, and J.D. McKissick looked really good. Yeah, he did. But I think Antonio Gibson's floor is pretty high, too. His floor is solid RB2, which is why I'm fine with his ceiling being, like, 8 or 9. Instead of so like yeah, that six, concerns like, yeah. me a little bit, and I think that's going to end in me bumping him down a little bit. I have him at 13 right now, but I think he's going to start to move down. But uh, I definitely, I'm st- I still, I think I'm going to be higher than ADP on him because I think he's really talented. I just think that they have two really good backs there, and JD McKissick is so good. It just it, they set up plays for him. I mean, they run a lot through him, and Antonio Gibson isn't, especially. I mean, especially if they get a good quarterback, I just feel like he isn't like some massive workhorse, you know. They're not going to need him to be mm-hmm. if they get a good quarterback because they have other running backs like McKissick. But here's the good part. Here's the part you're going to like. Antonio Gibson's ADP is RB18 right now on Fantasy Pros. And that, I mean, if you don't, I'm okay if you're not quite as high on him as I am. I understand. But RB18 mm-hmm. all day long. Like, let me see. His ranking in overall, on fan, again, on Fantasy Pros, is number 34. That's late third round. Oh, you have just stumbled into another league winner. It's league winners with Calvin K. This is that episode and Chris B as well, but mostly Calvin K. Just kidding. Mm -hmm. Both of us equally, but I think my picks will be better. I plan to beat Chris in the rankings competition this year. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Wait, Chris, should we include our top 24 overall in the rankings competition? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, yeah. if you want to. Hmm. Well, we're not ranking everybody overall. What do you think? Yes or no? I mean, we can if you want. It's really up to you. I mean, I don't think we've really decided it yet. I guess it puts I think more we should, em- actually. I think it'll be fun. It puts more emphasis on the top players, which I guess makes sense. Because if a top player busts, then we should get more fall for that than if a bottom player busts. So, yeah, let's do that. Top 24 overall is in the rankings competition next year. Okay. Oh, yeah. Chris always talked about the rankings competition throughout the offseason, and I wasn't, like I, – I, I, I mean, it was a good idea, and but, like, it never really – I never really truly, like, thought about a whole rankings competition episode until the end of the season. This is not an excuse for me losing. I still made my rankings to the best of my ability. But, yeah, I'm really thinking about it this offseason. I want to get my title back even though I never had it in the first place. (laughs) All right, uh, let's move on to running back bus. All right. Oh, oh, yeah, Chris, you can go ahead. I was expecting a drop there. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Oh, you want to drop? Yeah, I was was expecting a drop for that. Oh, okay. Just play play the intro quickly, you know? (laughs) I want to get some more drops in here. We don't have that. I I was looking around for a drop, and I was like, oh, no, we only have three. There's not – these aren't good enough for the situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, so my first wide receiver boom is Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. And, uh, Calvin oh, wait, no, we're doing running back busts, aren't we? Oh, jeez. We haven't even gotten there. Okay. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott is my <laughs> first one. And I just think that Tony Pollard is, is just going to slowly chip into this workload. And this is another one of my sort of Dallas Goddard-like picks. I can very well see by the end of the season this being like a like a 66-33 kind of split here. So that's my biggest concern. Okay, I think Zeke, Tony Pollard will take more of the workload. But here's the, th- there's the difference between, or does Zach Ertz have a big contract? 
<laughs> Never mind. My whole argument goes out the window. I, I mean, Zeke is still the better player than Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard will get a bigger workload, but Zeke will be back to mostly his old efficient self, I think, with Dak Prescott returning. I think he's still my easy RB7. And I mean, I just while like, he, I think he Tony used to be Pollard a top five do a lot more in the passing game, and they like to just throw him in for a bunch of plays. Like, there's a point where he's change of pace, and there's a point where it almost starts to feel like a one-two punch, and I think we're going to kind of feel that transition this season, and that's going to bump Zeke down to a very low-end RB1 for me. Well, if Prescott comes back, I mean, I don't know if it matters that Zeke's workload isn't quite as high. That's why I think he maybe drops from borderline top three to and top five to number seven. Okay. I mean, would you have Jonathan Taylor ahead of Zeke? I don't think I would because it's kind of the same thing. Naheem Hind is involved a little bit more than I'd like. He's not always a change of pace guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he, he – mostly is but I think Tony Pollard will be mostly a change of pace guy he wasn't really that efficient in the one game he actually started I know it was against San Francisco but he only really ripped off one big run he looked pretty good but like and I know they were without Zach Martin but Zeke is the better player he's the better runner he's all uh, arguably a better pass catcher he's actually a very good pass catcher and Mm -hmm. he's he's always had high catch rates so actually he might even I think he's a better pass catcher so okay fair enough all right yeah, here's what I think of your Zeke pick. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be something we disagree on mm-hmm. um, this year. My first bust, Austin Eckler. The argument you've been waiting for. Why would you want a super hurt guy who's only ever been a solid RB2 for more than like, well, not, I guess not never, but like that one year where they were just throwing it to him constantly because they didn't have an offense with Philip Rivers. That was Austin Eckler's year. But you realize how much Philip Rivers liked to throw the ball to the running back. People always want Austin Eckler to repeat that year. It's Austin never going to happen. He's incredibly injury risky. He had that serious hamstring injury. He doesn't average 10 catches a game. Look at his stats when he actually played He did with towards Herbert. the end of the season. No, he didn't. Not even. He never averaged 10 catches a game with Herbert. Never. Never well, averaged. He probably had one game with game. 10 catches the entire season. He is very injury prone. I mean, I know Hunter Henry's leaving. Very injury so prone. Yeah, and I know injury. Well, here's the upside for Austin Eckler. They're, Hunter Henry's leaving, and their new offensive coordinator does like to throw the ball to, to the running back. But, I mean, and I've heard J.J. Zacharyson say this before. It's not coaches Calvin, that Calvin, dictate here's his what they do. At the end of the it's personnel here's his that mainly dictates season. who people throw to. Here's his targets at the end of the season, right? Well, we're talking targets? I thought you meant receptions. We'll go targets. 16 targets week 12. Nine targets week 13, nine targets week 14, four targets week 15, three targets week 16, and seven targets week 17. That's really high. I Okay, but that's not 10 receptions, and that also regressed a lot near the end of the season. He's not catching all of those. But targets. the fact that he can have 16 target games. Okay, but here, here, the Chargers, I mean, I know Anthony Lynn got fired, but it's like it, clearly there's a reason where an Aust- why Austin Eckler have, hasn't ever had a – like a crazy high workload. It's because he's not the type of guy to be a true workhorse. He's fine between the tackles, but I mean, they had a guy like Kalen Balazs at the goal line. They're not going to give Austin Eckler the true workhorse role because he's too injury prone to handle it. He uh, he's a very injury. good player. He's, he's had very, one injury. He had a, no, not, not just one injury. I'll look up his injury history. Yeah, he's he, he had that concussion injury. before. He, I'm just looking it up. I, I can't. Um, NFL injuries. Okay, it's loading. Okay, yeah, so basically in – oh, no, this isn't a correct injury list. Anyway, Kevin, I'll move on to my – I'll go to my second guy while you you look him up. Okay, 
And my second guy is Kenyon Drake, and this is really another uh, workload role, and I think that he's just going to – Chase Edmonds is going to start to dig in here. I, I wouldn't be surprised, bold take, if Chase Edmonds ends up, ends up as the number one back in this offense. I do not like Kenyon Drake moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think you his ADP of back-end RB2 was fine with me. But, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense. I'm not on the Kenyon Drake train anymore. I can't, then, really, I can't find it specifically, but, like, the Fox Sports one that I'm finding was only in, like, weeks 15 – or not – or never mind. It's kind of weird. He had, like, a neck injury at the end of 2018. He had a quad injury at the end of 2020 that I, – I don't – I don't know why. It's showing, like – and he had that concussion, too. So it's like I don't think – didn't he miss games with that concussion? Because I don't think Fox Sports is showing it correctly. I don't think he did. I don't think he had a concussion. He did. No, it says I, I'm looking at something right now. It says, uh, well, he's I'm, maybe he had one concussion and a and a one bad injury. That's not injury prone. Oh wait, never mind. That was on week 17. But still, that counts. Uh, he had a, a grade two hamstring strain though and a hyperextended knee when he sat out. That was what Roto World. Yeah, that's the tr- worst injury, and that's like why can't I find it? Why can't I? Anyways, find it? okay. And then, so to go along with my uh, my three RB busts, it seems to be a workload thing, and it's Ezekiel Elliott. I think that he's his workload is going to start getting kicked into it. Kenyon Drake, like I said, bold pick. Chase Edmonds start to take over, and then Leonard Fournette. I still think that Ronald Jones is almost as good of a back as Leonard Fournette in this offense. But I think that people are going to be way too high on Leonard Fournette after seeing his Super Bowl performance and how he finished down the stretch. But I think that Ronald Jones is really an elusive and talented back, and though Leonard Fournette did look great in the playoffs, there were times that he struggled this season. And I just don't trust him to perform at the number one role. And I think a lot of people are going to be just trying to get him and thinking he's way too good just because of what he did in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Leonard Fournette re-signs with the Bucks, but I guess you do. I mean, I think there's a chance, so uh, I don't know. I, I guess mm-hmm. if he re-signs, I agree that he might be a bit overvalued, but it's sort of hard to tell for me so far. But here's – here's the, okay, Austin Eckler. I'm, I guess I, I admit he is, like, talented. But I have him at RB14, which isn't outland. It's just below consensus, which I think is too high. The only guy that you can really, like, argue that is, like, kind of odd having ahead of him is Chris Carson. But I like Chris Carson ahead of him because Chris Carson's a tough runner. Chris Carson has less injury risk. Chris Carson actually score averaged more points per game this year, I believe, than Austin Eckler. I know Eckler wasn't always at 100%, but still. And, I mean, look, listen to the other guys I have ahead of him besides Chris Carson. DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Aaron Jones, James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, Zeke Elliott, and then we get into, like, Chubb and stuff. Like, those are guys that can easily do better than Austin Eckler next year. Okay. I think that Austin Eckler is going to be so good with Justin Herbert. Well, I mean, you thought he wasn't that good this year. He was fine. Yes, he was. He was was solid solid RB2. Okay. Continue. <laughs> That's what I think about your Austin Eckler take. All right. Um. Yeah, I got to do my other two busts at running back. It's David Montgomery for one of them. And um, let me just – I'm going to pull up the Bears schedule as I say this, but I think I have him as the RB18. Fantasy Pros has him as the RB19. So I'm not like – I'm actually a little higher on him than other people because I think he's a good runner. But, I mean, there's multiple reasons for regression. Number one, Tariq Cohen's returning. He was absolutely a target monster. And Montgomery's targets, he'll still get some, but they absolutely shot up 
when Tariq Cohen went out. So they're still going to be throwing it to Tariq Cohen because they like to do that in the offense. Also, let's listen to the Bears' end-of-season schedule. Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Green Bay. You cannot ask for a better schedule. I think I heard on the fantasy footballers, those were all bottom seven rushing defenses. In the past seven games of the season, the last seven games, yes, Minnesota, Green Bay, and Detroit are in his division, and he'll get to play them twice. But Minnesota will be upgrading their defense. They'll get a couple players back this season, and he's not going to have that ridiculous of a schedule in the playoffs. And he, yes, he won you leagues, but that playoff schedule, not going to I mean, the schedule makers have got to give a gift in a major way for that to happen again. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then my other bust is J.K. Dobbins. And my ranking of RB20 is a bit lower than the consensus. It's not because I hate J.K. Dobbins. It's because I like guys more ahead of him. But I think J.K. Dobbins' ceiling isn't really that high because he doesn't get that many targets in the passing game. And I don't think he'll really take over that role because it's not like the Ravens like to use just one running back. I mean, well, I guess in Mark Ingram's good year, they even used like Justice Hill and Gus Edwards still. They'll still be using Gus Edwards in that, especially in the passing game. And on, when J.K. Dobbins was doing well, he was also on a really big touchdown streak. Like he had like five, six touchdowns in five games or something, which isn't really repeatable. And he wasn't getting huge yardage totals. It's just his upside is kind of capped in that Ravens offense. And I could see him maybe being a solid RB two, but his upside like to be like, Like, he doesn't have the upside of DeAndre Swift. He doesn't have the upside of Mm -hmm. Antonio Gibson. I really agree. He doesn't have the upside of Austin Eckler, even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really agree with you here. I just don't – I think especially, yeah. I mean, he's really talented. I don't think he's the most talented back that came out of that class, and I also think that his workload isn't going to be enough. I mean, I think he's a good player. He's going to be good for fantasy, but I feel like people might be like J.K. Dobbins, league winner. Like, if I feel like the consensus is going to get higher on Mm J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to wide receiver. Um, the first wide receiver is, or I guess, Chris, you can start out. And you, you were talking about them a little bit earlier for your first wide receiver boom next year. Yeah, my first wide receiver boom. And uh, Calvin's going to like this one. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. And I guess we can kind of combo on this one a little bit. Calvin and I both mm-hmm. like, like them. I mean, like I said, I was right about Tyler Boyd last year. I'm going to be right about him again this year. And that's by having him high. He's got Joe Burrow back, and I think that Joe Burrow is hopefully going to be able to stay uh, up for the whole season. And if he is, I think this this team is just bound to progress, especially if they manage to get uh, – if they draft someone like Kenny Sewell with their pick. I think that could really help out their entire offense. So, uh, yeah. That would make me like Joe Mixon a lot. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, maybe not a lot, but it would like make me like him more if he actually gets someone on the offensive line. But, yeah, I mean mm-hmm. – when you say I I was right about Tyler Boyd last year and I was will be right this again this year, it sounds like you haven't changed your opinion on him. It makes it sound like you still have the same opinion, but I know you're on the train with me. T. Higgins is going to be a popular breakout pick, and that's going to make people forget about Tyler Boyd. I love T. Higgins just as much as the rest of them. He looked good even without Burrow, but Burrow already, he developed so well in just his first season. I can't wait. Burrow's just going to be tossing the ball to T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and if mm-hmm. they don't get injured, if Joe Mixon doesn't get hurt, which, I mean, you can't just, like, predict he's going to get hurt. He's not the – I guess he's not the most durable back. He usually misses a couple games, but he, that was a serious injury. That's going to be a fantastic offense for me. I can't wait. And, I mean, even if Mixon gets hurt, Burrow's good enough to lead the offense at least somewhat. So, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, yes, for sure. And I don't, won't even talk about them because they're in my breakout list as well. That was – or I will. That was me talking about them. I'm not going to talk about them further. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
So let me go look to see. Oh, my first breakout, the guy I had ahead, though. And this is also going to be a popular breakout pick. It, this is the like the classic breakout pick. C.D. Lamb. I'm going to love that Cowboys offense next year when Dak Prescott returns. I think people for, might forget about Amari Cooper when they're going after C.D. Lamb. But I like Amari Cooper as a value as well. But as for a breakout guy, C.D. Lamb is an absolutely amazingly talented wide receiver. His combine was fantastic. His college years were fantastic as well. His route running skills are great. And the Cowboys throw the ball so much. It can be so nice to be a wide receiver too in fantasy. And I mean, it can be so nice to be that guy who just like scoops up tons of targets in a pass heavy offense. If you're the wide receiver too in a pass heavy offense, it's going to be fantastic. And Mm -hmm. I'm usually against like, you know how people are like the Chris Godwin of this year. I'm against labeling players as another player because it's kind of it like fantasy players are, are all different, but like CD lamb in, in theory, like in, in, I'm trying to think of the word in, in practice, I guess in fantasy practice will be this year's Calvin Ridley will be this year's Chris Godwin, I think. And mm-hmm. I think he has wide receiver one potential, low end, but I think um, he'd still the potential is there. And I'll be going after him in drafts. I mean, his rank of wide receiver twenty six on fantasy pros is pretty surprisingly low. But I think there's going to be plenty of people who are hyping him up next year, not mm-hmm. just me. Yeah. And then another one of my guys is Calvin Ridley, who dropped all the way to ADP six for wide receivers, and that is just way too low for me. I think that he's really talented, and I think that he's going to start to take over for. Um, Julio Jones. I don't know what the deal is with Matt Ryan, whether or not he's returning, but um, I think that he's going to be, he can be good with any quarterback. And I really do think that he's the number one wide receiver in that offense. And that's a pretty high powered offense. It's always been. So I expect to see him have another great season. All right. So um, yeah, I I think I do too. He was the wide receiver four this year. Like you said, I'm not, I don't hate the wide receiver six spot, but I think he is the better. I mean, maybe not the better, but like the wide receiver one in, for fantasy in Atlanta. Um, and he was actually very close to Stefan Diggs in points per game. It was like 16.9 to 16.6 and a half PPR. So I really love Calvin Ridley. He was actually consistent throughout the year. He did have a couple of bad games, but that's expected for pretty much any wide receiver. So yeah, I'll get him as a wide receiver four all day. We both, or Chris and I both like Calvin Ridley. We didn't hype him up very much at all on the show last summer mm-hmm. we were like we had him res- like around wide receiver 18 i think chris might have had him as wide receiver 20 that wasn't high enough probably in retrospect we didn't really pay enough attention to him which was a mistake mm-hmm. yeah all right okay calvin who's your third Cortland sutton and it's not like he's we already know Cortland sutton is very talented but when he returns to this offense, Drew Locke has already developed a little bit. But say Denver has, like, Deshaun Watson apparently would like to go to Denver. I mean, that's what I've been hearing, Denver and New York. If he goes to Denver, well, obviously, Cortland Sutton, sky is the limit. But, like, even if he doesn't, Cortland Sutton's position of wide receiver 31 is absolutely fantastic for me. When Before he went down with the ACL, people were ranking him as, like, wide receiver 20, wide receiver 22. I don't know what's changed. What has changed in that offense? Nothing. Since you last ranked Cortland Sutton as a back end to mid, maybe even mid-tier for some well, people. KJ Hamler. Two. Come on. KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, you're telling me they're going to take over for Cortland Sutton? No. No. Smoking hot value. Okay, I'll take Cortland Sutton as my wide receiver three all 
day long. And especially, I mean, if Deshaun Watson comes, but even if he doesn't, I've been hearing some people say as well. I mean, this isn't my original idea. Like if you play Dynasty, buy Cortland Sutton in Dynasty because really, like uh, with Dynasty, if a lot of guys, I, I know um, this isn't a Dynasty show, but if you have like a guy who's lower, it, like it, a guy like Cortland Sutton, whose stock can't really go any lower than this, but it could certainly go higher. You want to buy him. Buy him before there are any offseason moves made. If Deshaun Watson comes, great. If Deshaun Watson doesn't come, still great. You're still fine either way. It's just some upside for you. And Cortland Sutton is an amazingly talented wide receiver. He was great in Denver with nobody else there. Jerry Judy obviously is a knock on him. But I think if uh, Deshaun Watson comes over, or for any quarterback, Cortland Sutton would be the wide receiver of choice when they're throwing to him over Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then, uh, oh, wait, yeah, they have Jerry Judy too, Calvin. Yeah, I mean, and that's actually good because I think a lot of people were fading Sutton because Judy was going to take targets, but Judy actually, he still will. But, I mean, it actually isn't a completely What do you mean a lot thing. didn't change, Calvin? They added KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, and... Uh, and no, I'm talking Matt. about since we last ranked him. We ranked him before the season with all of those guys at, as around wide receiver 20 or 22. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I mean, well, actually, I guess Judy does hurt Sutton because Sutton's the type who can, like, put up crazy numbers even at, all alone in an offense. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then my third, this is kind of a funny one, but I like it. Jalen Waddle. I just think he's so talented. And I think that if he falls to, like, if the Lions decide to go with a wide receiver or if he gets the Dolphins or something, I think that this this kid could be good. And honestly, he's my second favorite wide receiver in the draft. My favorite is Jamar Chase. My second is uh, Jalen Waddle. Then third, Devontae Smith. It's a really good trio. But I think that Jalen Waddle is going to be that slept-on guy that ends up going to a team like the Dolphins, though I do really want him to come to the Giants. But, yeah, I guess uh, so this is more of like his talent-wise for him. This is kind of just a fun pick that I thought I'd throw in there because I didn't have a great third wide receiver boom. That'd be funny if he like broke out. That'd be pretty epic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stopped it before mm-hmm. the end so you didn't have to hear all of it. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, I guess that's it for wide receivers. Let's move on to tight ends. Then we can put a bow on this show. This has been a longer show than one we've done recently. I'm not used to doing these longer shows. I'm used to doing two shows a week in the regular season, but they're shorter. But now you guys get one longer show a week. Some of them might be shorter, but probably generally longer than the ones in the Uh regular season. I don't know if we're going to make them as, I mean, remember last year when we like late in the off season, when we hit like hour and a half shows, our fans are probably like squealing with glee over there to hear more Calvin and Chris. But like, Uh I don't know if they're going to be that long. We'll see. Oh, wait, we've got to do wide receiver busts. All right. Still got some show to go. We are going to preview it for yo. D K met calf is my first uh, wide receiver bust because here's the thing. DK Metcalf, very good in the first half of the season. High wide receiver one. Low end wide receiver one. In fact, I think he was actually 13 or 14 second half of the year with Russell Wilson regressing. I think he might play like he'll still, he might be a little bit better than wide receiver 14, but I don't like him because Pete Carroll already tried letting Russ cook and he doesn't like it anymore. He's going back to the run. And this time I think it's for good. I think DK will still have some crazy league winning or or week winning games, but I think he's also going to bust a lot and he's going to be very boomer bust, very unpredictable, which is going to be tough to bear for your fantasy team. I currently have him as wide receiver 11 and I might even drop him further just because I don't love DK. DK. 
Oh, well, DK's ADP is like wide receiver three or four or something, which is ridiculous in my opinion. Yeah, I don't. I think I agree with him around maybe like five, but I don't think he's eleven. I think that he's so talented and he's so fast too that he's going to be open on those streak routes. And it's not like a new coordinator is going to take him out of the game plan on those deep ones. Russell Wilson is one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in the entire league, and he's throwing to one of the best deep ball runners in in the league. I mean, there's just a lot of things that can go right, and really. His like two of his what like four bus games were against the Rams, so I think he's he can figure those matchups out, and he's not facing someone like Jalen Ramsey. I think he'll be good. So I I like DK Metcalf. All right. Well, I mean, I just I know he's good, but it's like I think it's just gonna be like like how tight. Imagine Tyler Lockett second half, but like a little bit better. Well, I mean Tyler Lockett didn't really have any good games at all or great games at all in the second half of the season, but like just imagine like what Tyler Lockett used to be. Something like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not a very high-targeted guy. I don't really like Ty. I, I'm avoiding Tyler Lockett this year, too. I just, I can't I can't deal with Pete Carroll not giving his wide receivers enough targets. I understand DK deserves more than what he might get, but he's just not getting that many. He won't. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair DK, enough. Yeah, Pete I, Carroll is sick of letting Russ cook. Pete Carroll is sending Russ back to the wait staff. <laughs> he's demoted from chef to wait staff mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah actually a lot of people have been making fun of like letting russ cook it's like letting russ cook russ and then they show like a thing of ramen noodles or like a sandwich and chips but <laughs> that was actually an original joke that i just made up on the fly <laughs> i loved that as <laughs> someone tweeted it and it was like a sandwich and chips it was so funny <laughs> all right funny. chris yeah, your first up my first wide receiver bust, and this is a one that Calvin and I both are on. Yes, 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 Juju yes, 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 yes. If you guys have noticed, a lot of mine have been uh, pure talent so far, just because we're not, there's not a hunter, not a lot, a lot of things aren't worked out right now about workloads and all that. And I just don't think Juju's that talented. Like, he's a wide yes. receiver. He should be playing a wide receiver two role, and he's sitting in a yes. wide receiver one getting locked up by yes. corners. Well, not, he, he wasn't for like, some of last year but he could be if he moves somewhere in free agency yeah so i think if he goes somewhere else in free agency then maybe we're if we're thinking about him again as a nice wide receiver too i think that could be a fun option to have but uh right now in the situation he's in as a wide receiver one i do not like him at all <laughs> yes let's go that's what i've been saying and i hate to repeat myself so much but Juju is not the type of player to be a wide receiver one in an offense. Uh, people people say, oh, he's a slot wide receiver. He's not a wide receiver one in an offense. Oh, in that case, Adam Thielen isn't the wide receiver one for Minnesota in all those years he was over Stephon Diggs. I know Justin Jefferson outproduced him in fantasy. But like, you know what I mean. Adam Thielen was the wide receiver one there for a while. And you're telling me just because he's in the slot that that doesn't count? No way. People can still cover slot receivers. You don't have to be like, oh. Like, you, you, you can still they can still get wide receiver one attention from a defense. Say Juju goes to the Colts, not very high upside at quarterback. Maybe the Colts trade for Carson Wentz or something. I'm going to see a lot of Juju truthers coming out of the woodwork being like Juju Smith-Schuster wide receiver one season. He's not good as a wide receiver one. He never has been. And I don't think he ever will be. I was a little more cautious on that take last summer. I know I still ranted and raved about him, but I said there, maybe there's a chance that Juju could be a wide receiver one. He's never proved it. 
Juju basically, essentially, in my eyes, proved that he is not a wide receiver one. He's a short possession receiver, but he's not like an Allen Robinson possession receiver who can be a wide receiver one. He can't handle too much defensive attention. If he is with an elite wide receiver in a wide receiver two role, I like Juju. I might even consider taking him in drafts. Say he goes to, um, what's a place with like a good, say he goes to the Chargers without Hunter Henry. They have Keenan, then they got Juju. Sure. Yeah, I like Juju in that spot a lot, but not as if he's a wide receiver one. And I think this, a team might sign him thinking he is one and he will bust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I'm just, yeah, I just want to play that epic wind drop. I wish we had all of the drops. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then my second is Julio Jones. Oh, wait, you can't make me sound like the make me sound like the Grinch here. Wait, what do you mean? Like I, I wish I had all the drops. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well oh wait oh that wasn't like just a it wasn't really meant to be a slight at you i just i, I wish i did mm-hmm. and then julio jones uh is my next bust and i uh, like i said earlier this kind of goes along with calvin ridley as a boom i just don't think i think that calvin Ridley's is the more talented receiver he's the younger receiver and julio jones is just so injury prone too that i can't trust him like that's one of the biggest things i mean his injuries compiled with i don't even feel like he's going to be incredible when he's on the field just makes me not want to have him uh, I'm definitely fading him this year, and I think he he could end up bossing with a massive injury. And I think that's a that's the sad thing is that's a likely possibility that Julio Jones sits out four, five, six games this season at least. Remember when Julio used to be a value pick, and mm-hmm. he that was recent too. He's not mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, I like it, but his wide receiver ten consensus on fantasy pros, I'm okay with that. I'm I actually have not had him ranked in my top eleven, so I'd probably be lower on Julio too. So I like the pick. And it, my second bust, if you couldn't figure it out, was Juju Smith-Schuster. But my third was Marquise, is Marquise Brown. And maybe I was a little bit off on Marquise Brown this year. I mean, in this first half of the season, he definitely killed you. In the second half, he was really good. And he probably, he did a little bit better than I expected him to. But not too much better. And I still think maybe I'll rank him a little higher than I did last year. But people are going to take his end-of-season production and think that's going to happen when it's clearly unsustainable given how little Lamar Jackson throws the ball. When Lamar Jackson throws the ball, it's to Mark Andrews like as the wide receiver one. They give it to Gus Edwards, give it to Willie Sneed a decent amount as well. Not a ton left for Marquise Brown in most games. Against bad defenses, he can do well. But when Lamar Jackson is shut down in the running game, he's shut down in the passing game, the whole offense sputters. Marquise Brown is too inconsistent to rely on, and people are going to take that late season production. I mean, not necessarily fantasy experts, but also just like maybe casual fantasy players and some experts are just going to take that and run with it and think that Marquise Brown will do that the whole season next year, which if he does, he's fantastic, but it's not Mm -hmm. happening. Fair enough. Oh, man, this bust. My man, Cole Beasley over here getting some disrespect. I mean, I don't hate the pick yet, but I'm sort of neutral on it. I haven't really uh, ranked out Cole Beasley yet. I want to hear your reasoning. Again, I think people are going to be way too high on him. He had a really good season last year. I think that if he does end up dropping in your league, then he's – I think he's going to drop in a few leagues. But I think for the most part, especially people that have been really into the NFL playoffs, and uh, I think they're going to want to grab him early thinking that he's going to be a really good value for them. Problem is they're forgetting about guys like Gabriel Davis, guys like Dawson Knox, who I think are really going to sort of take over. I can very, I definitely can see Gabriel Davis taking up some of that workload. You've already got Stephon Diggs there. Josh Allen is already a running quarterback. They've got Zach Moss who likes to run the ball. There's a lot of things to feed. And I just feel like Cole Beasley, I don't think he's going to do what he did last year. I think he's a nice option, and he can definitely be a wide receiver three, in my opinion. 
but uh, I, I don't like him just because I think there's so many competing options, and I really like Gabriel Davis moving forward. Well, unfortunately, Dawson Knox has emerged. Well, fortunately, he has emerged for my Madden team, but not really for the Bills. But I agree that Gabriel Davis might take some touches, but I don't think – here's the thing. I don't think people are going to be a super high on Colt Beasley. They just never are. He's a guy that's easy to forget about, and he's very consistent. I, he's going to be a guy that you can find later on, and I don't think he's going to be a bad value pick. I understand fading him from compared to what he did this year, but I don't think he's going to be a bad value pick at all. I think you'll be able to find him in a spot that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to tight end. We got two booms, two busts for each of us in this marathon show. This feels like a marathon show. It's probably been it's been barely more than an hour, which I guess is going to be a marathon show. But like, oh wait, we still got to do our overall. Oh yeah, this is a marathon show. We'll we'll run through the. I know Chris, you have like homework to do. We can run through the overall pretty quick but like we should still explain it you know mm-hmm. we'll explain the important ones all right booms and bus for tight end logan thomas so here i didn't originally plan it on having logan thomas here but i just took a venture over to the little fantasy pro site at the tight end position and found logan thomas as the tight end 14 in adp surpassed by guys such as mike gesicki such as um i'm trying I, let me just look it up there were, there were other guys that I was just absolutely shocked by, more than Mike Gesicki even. Um, Janu Smith, uh, Robert Tunyon. Logan Thomas was so good at the end of last year. And if Washington, they're going to be looking to upgrade their quarterback this offseason. And even if they don't, for a bad quarterback, Logan Thomas is such a nice check down option. He was so good. He's going to be a tight end one next year. Smoking hot value for me. And then my second might be a guy like, I mean, Chris had Eric Ebron, which I sort of like, but then I feel like Eric Ebron is just kind of meh in that Ben Roethlisberger offense. This is more of a late-round flyer, but I think Cole Komet, this is a pick that people, some people have also supported. Tight end 22 at the position um, in Fantasy Pro's tight end consensus. So a de- good late-round flyer. And the reason I like it is because of the vacated targets that Allen Robinson leaves. Allen Robinson is like top five, top 10 in the league in targets, or around there at least, um, for the past couple seasons. I know he was like top three or something borderline two years ago. And so Cole Komet can step in, take some of those vacated targets and a good late round flyer because it with tight ends, volume is king. You don't have to be that good. If you just give volume, you're going to be huge for fantasy because the tight end position is so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the tight end position is all, feels like it's been struggling for the last few years. And uh, I think that's going to continue. And like you said, Calvin, volume is the hugest thing. Volume and red zone targets are really the two big things that I'm looking red for. Zone targets. And I think that Cole Komet can definitely fit those two categories. And so I really agree with you here, Calvin. If I had a third boss, I think it would be Cole, or a third boom, I think it would be Cole Komet. <laughs> epic win. Yep, epic win for me because you agreed with me. Right. Okay. And then uh, my first tight end boom is Eric Ebron. And this is really just, I think that, his target share is so nice, and Ben Roethlisberger loved to throw to him. He's a really talented guy, actually, I think, too, and I think a lot of people underestimate that. And I just really think that he fits in very nicely in, in that Steelers team. He got a lot of touchdowns, too, and he well outperformed, and I think that he'll be back for another solid year next year, and his ADP is just too low. Yeah, I mean, I like it because of his tight end 21 ADP. I don't think he's going to be anything too special because I liked the pick last year, but he didn't show me he was too special last year for his, in that offense. But, yeah, I mean, with Juju maybe, maybe leaving, um, I think I, I like it. I, tight end 21, that's kind of a stupid ranking. He's, there's no reason to fade him that low. Mm-hmm. 
like he was productive at times this year. It was a good pick by you, actually. You had him ranked pretty high compared to everyone else. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then my second guy is uh, Hunter Henry. And this is just, I love Justin Herbert next year. And I love this whole Chargers offense with a new coaching staff. I feel like that was the one thing holding them back. And I just think that Hunter Henry is going to be a big part of their game plan. I mean, you really think about it. They have Keenan Allen and then who else? It's like Mikey, Mike Williams, uh, Jalen Guyton. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really trust those guys. And I think that Hunter Henry is going to fall into this nice number two role. He's a young guy. He's talented. He's athletic. And I think that Justin Herbert is a really good quarterback to have for him. So I, I just like him. I think that his workload is going to be good. His talent is going to be good. And those are two big things that are important for me. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I just So you think Hunter Henry is going to re-sign? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see it happening. Um, For busts, I've got Robert Tunyon as a bust. And I, this is another guy that I'm fading, but I have him at consensus. Um, I just think that with Aaron Rodgers' touchdown regression, we talked about it, absurdly high touchdown rate. And after Robert Tunyon's big game, I believe he was like tight end nine the rest of the season. So his tight end 10 ranking of, and on Fantasy Pros consensus might even be a little bit high. I mean, not too high because tight ends are just usually so bad. And Aaron Rodgers does like to throw to Tunyon. But with the touchdown regression, plus like how he wasn't even like that good, he wasn't even that crazy good like the rest of the year, proves to me that um, Robert Tunyon is going to bust this year. And people might see his total tight end finish of like four or five yeah, was, or whatever it was. And I was high on – I actually had Tunyon written in here as my boom. And then Calvin told me that a lot of his points came in that one big game and that he's tight end nine other than that. So that makes me not like him nearly as much i think i'll fit him in probably around adp so yeah okay yeah that's fair <laughs> we keep having these long pauses all right my second bust is Jonu smith who is ranked as tight end 12 and some people have him as a tight end one which is ridiculous i know Jonu smith's talented but other than ryan Tannehill, or rather than aj brown and Corey davis you can't really predict who ryan Tannehill throws to game to game sometimes it's ferkser sometimes it's Jonu smith Sometimes it's, uh, I don't know, I guess it, a running back like Jeremy McNichols. Um, it's, you can't really predict who it's going to be game mm-hmm. to game. Yeah. And sometimes it's just A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. So John o. Smith's target share is just too inconsistent for me to like that at the tight end 12 spot. I mean, it's fine as a dart throw. I guess I wouldn't fault you for taking him there, but I wouldn't take him. I've seen him ranked as nine and even as high as six. I would not take him there at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with you here. I just think that especially we saw it last season, he's just way too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Especially once, a- once A.J. Brown came back. And when he wasn't catching touchdowns, his value was so bad. He's so touchdown-reliant. And like you said, Calvin, that makes him a dart throw. Yeah, exactly. And then my first bust is Evan Ingram. And this is really just, again, I'm going back to this talent. I just don't think Evan Ingram is that talented, and I'm a Giants <laughs> fan here. He had, I think he led the league for tight ends and drops, made the Pro Bowl. It shows you it's a popularity vote after that. But, uh... You know, I just don't think he's that talented. They find another wide receiver, maybe that could uh, they or they they draft a wide receiver, maybe that could help him out a little bit. Maybe they sign someone like Allen Robinson. But I just really don't trust Evan Ingram to make the plays down the stretch or catch these tough touchdown passes, or for Daniel Jones to trust him to throw to him enough. And so, I mean, that's that's all those causes for concern. I think that's just going to lead to a a very boring fantasy year for Evan Ingram. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, if Chris doesn't think one of his players is talented, over here, Darius Slayton, number one fan, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I still I'm, like I'm, Darius Slayton. I don't think, still... I think, I think he needs an, another good guy so he can be a deep threat, but I still like him. Mm-hmm. I'll have him in my rankings. Don't worry, Calvin, and you'll probably think he's too high. 
I mean, I'm fine with Evan Ingram at, oh, Darius Slayton, yeah. Uh, he, he will be too <laughs> high, I'm sure, for you. But um, Evan Ingram, I'm still fine with him at about consensus, but he does he's, he does have some injury risk, of course. He does have that, like, he's, and I think you were higher on him last year than I was, but um, I think he sort of has, he's decent as a, um, like, possession short receiver. So I might be a little higher on him than you this year, ironically, but I'm still, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from with Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. All right. And then, so we do you have one more bust? Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, oh, I have man, one more bust, and that's no fan. And this is solely because he's way too high in ADP. Tight end six, really. There's no, no way. Fans. Drew Locke is not that talented of a quarterback, and I just don't think that Noah Fant's going to get enough of a workload. We saw games last year where he got zero catches for zero yards, and he wasn't scoring touchdowns. Just way too unpredictable. I don't get why people think he's going to make some massive jump. The jump that people were talking about was supposed to be last year. You know, it's just not – it doesn't feel like it's going to happen. I don't think he's that good, and I don't trust Drew Locke to throw to him. Now they have other weapons coming back to take some targets away from him. In the, which Targets were already scarce for him, so I just don't trust him enough. And I don't like this Broncos offense either. Yeah, I mean, I can tight end six. I, I guess it sort of makes sense because tight ends aren't usually that good. But like, I understand with Cortland Sutton coming back as well, it's going to be tough for me to like Noah Fant unless Deshaun Watson comes over. Then I'll be a, I'll be a Noah Fant fan. But I actually don't mm-hmm. hate Fant as much this year. I see where you're coming from though. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's just run through our first round quickly. I think there are some important spots. So I'll just run through my my important spots, and then you can – do you want to just do that, and then you run through yours, or do you want to like – Yeah, play? sure. Okay. Yeah, I'll just run through mine. Um, So I've got McCaffrey at number one, Christian McCaffrey, and I think that's pretty easy because when McCaffrey Agreed. was on the field – like McCaffrey's 2019 season, like people say Dalvin Cook has a chance at the number one. No, he does not. McCaffrey's 2019 season, he av- in in that, he averaged 3.7 more fantasy points per game than Dalvin Cook did in 2020. That's all you need to know. McCaffrey's the number one. Cook is number two. And then Derrick Henry, for me, is number three, just because he's absolutely super consistent. He doesn't really get hurt like the other running backs. He's a beast. He's an outlier. He can. He's like the one of the very few running backs who can handle a large workload one season, then handle it again the next. He's my number three. I expect Saquon Barkley to bounce back from his injury and be the number four. After that, it's Alvin Kamara, then Nick Chubb, then Ezekiel Elliott, who we sort of talked about earlier, and then Jonathan Taylor and James Robinson. And then we get to Travis Kelsey, who is at tight end 10. And Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill are number 11 and 12. I think that's pretty clear at this point. But Travis Kelsey is the main guy I want to talk about before I send it to you, Chris. So I wrote an article for Luke Brown Sports Talk. You should check out his uh, website. Follow him on Twitter at LB underscore sports talk and click the website link in the description to find the article. Um, But I have a quote from the article that I pulled up. So let's talk about Travis Kelsey. In 2020, Travis Kelsey averaged a whopping 3.9 more fantasy points per game than the next best tight end. If you remove George Kittle and Darren Waller from the rankings, that number jumps up to an astounding 6.9 fantasy points per game. Without Mark Andrews, it jumps up to 7.9 fantasy points per game. Uh, I just added in the fantasy points per game to the quote. Not not an exact quote, not verbatim. The difference between Kelsey and this year's tight end 12, 9.2 fantasy points per game. The tight end position, not, I mean, I understand like 9.2, that's crazy, but it still doesn't fully do it justice because the tight end 12 was Rob Gronkowski. Gronk was good in the second half of the year, but he was incredibly bad in the first half, which just shows how inconsistent you can be and still get that tight end 12 spot. Gronk, like, say Gronk's inconsistency and consistency was spread out through the whole year, like most tight ends were, like, since it was sort of a 
exceptions of type of a situation, say that was spread out throughout the whole year. He would have hurt your team so much. You never would have been able to rely on him. And that's how it is with guys like Mike Gesicki, who are also around there. Let me just see. I'll bet Mike Gesicki finished pretty high in the um, tight end leaders for fantasy. Uh, go check fantasy pros for that. Um, in weeks one through 16, half PPR, tight end rankings. Um, I'm not sure why it's not showing up. Oh, the yeah, it's not showing up for some reason. For, but I don't know. Like, when, when you hear, you know, Rob, you know, it's bad when Rob Gronkowski was the tight end 12 after how bad he was in the first half of the season. I mean, Kelsey's consistency, not only his total points, but his consistency is just unmatched. And the guys who can even get remotely close, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, even who didn't even get that close, still have that argument that they could get even remotely close makes them earlier for me rather than making Kelsey later. The advantage you get at the position makes Kelsey a top 10 pick for me in fantasy next year. And that's actually not, you'll find other fantasy experts say the same. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. 11 is Devonte Adams and 12 is Tyree kill. Like I said, I know I talked a lot, Chris, but now it's your turn to talk a lot with your top 12. Yeah, here we go. So at number one, I've got Christian McCaffrey. So same as Calvin. Number two, I've got Dalvin cook and uh, number three. Oh wait, I don't have. Oops. <laughs> oh, I think you wrote Dalvin cook instead of Derrick Henry. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> That was confusing me a little bit. But uh, number four is – or number three and number four is where Calvin and I differ. And we can both agree, I think, that they're pretty close. It's Henry and Saquon Barkley. Calvin has them uh, – Barkley or Henry and then Barkley, three and four, and I have flipped around Barkley and then, and then Henry. I just think Barkley's pass-catching ability puts him slightly above half PPR. And standard, I'm definitely going with Henry for this spot, though. So it's pretty close for me. I think that people are forgetting a little bit about Barkley's talent just because he got injured. And though I don't actually think he's too injury prone. Yes, he had a poor season in terms of injuries, but I think he'll be back next year and he'll be solid. I mean, he had that high ankle sprain too, but I, I think he'll still mm-hmm. be very good. I'm hoping he's had, had enough time to kind of maybe hopefully strengthen some of the muscles around that high ankle and just make sure. And I mean, of course, around that AOTL, I think that he'll have a nice rehab. He seems like he's working really hard and I hope that'll keep him uh, off the injured list. So Yeah, I mean, and Joe Judge seems like a smart coach. He'll probably work with him. Yeah, and Joe Judge is, yeah, Joe Judge has been a great coach for the Giants. I mean, I'm as a Giants fan, just take a moment to say Joe Judge is great. I think he's, I can see him being a Hall of Fame coach, especially if he turns this team around. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's that's Hall of Fame coach kind of. That'd be the hot take of the century if he made it. He has the hot. He has that that kind of Hall of Fame feel, that Hall of Fame style. Well, he's building a solid team over there, and I think he'll work with Barkley on conditioning. Hot take: Make him less injured. Joe Judge will be a Hall of Fame head coach. Oh man, if he does, it's good. how long will it be? He'll be coaching in the NFL for so long 40 years, 50 years. If he makes the Hall of Fame, I'll be like an old man and I'll be thinking, oh man, Chris predicted this on the second goal fantasy podcast. Ooh. Yep. And then uh, or hopefully we'll still be doing the podcast. <laughs> Wait, you should like tweet it out so that we can pin it. And then if Twitter's still, or bookmark it, then if Twitter's still around in 40 years, we can be like, insane hot take. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yep. Okay. And then, next, I have, so I have Henry at four, Chubb at five, and I talked about earlier how I absolutely love the Cleveland running backs. Six, I've got Alvin Kamara, and uh, this is very close. Actually, sorry, I have a new number six, Austin Eckler over <laughs> Alvin Kamara. Alvin does not like this one. He does not like this one at all, but I love it. Seven, I've got Alvin Kamara. 
eight. I have Devonte Adams, and I'm going a little bit early on the wide receivers here. I feel like there's actually a good enough difference between one and two than there have been in past years, and that's why Devonte Adams and uh, and Perry Kill find my rankings here. So yeah, I mean, do you agree with that, Calvin? Do you feel like Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill are almost here ahead of everyone else? Yeah, but I think it was the same with Michael Thomas, and he I know he had some extenuating circumstances, but like with Rodgers' touchdown rate, that's going to cause Adams to regress a lot. And also Tyreek Hill had by far his best season, or not, but like pretty easily his best fantasy season ever, I believe, and he wasn't actually that far ahead of the rest of the guys. Adams was, and Hill was to an extent, but I think they'll regress sort of to the mean. And guys like Stefan Diggs, like that kind of season for Stefan Diggs is more like an average season for him, in my opinion, because he kind of, he only caught like seven or he caught like eight touchdown passes. Justin Jefferson caught seven. Calvin Ridley caught like 10 or 11, but he usually does that because he's a touchdown guy. Those guys that they didn't really get particularly lucky in their seasons. I feel like Adams mm-hmm. and Hill did a little bit. I don't think I don't think Adams, maybe Hill a little bit, but I still think that they both find it. Eight, I've got Devontae right? Adams, and then nine, I have a little break up there, Aaron Jones, who's one of my favorite guys. Uh, that's where I actually picked him last year in my fantasy season, and that ended up working pr- up, out pretty well. Ten, I have Tyreek Kill, who had just a phenomenal season. Eleven, I've got Jonathan Taylor, definitely a big breakout candidate. I was a little bit worried about him when I thought about Marlon Mack, but then uh, Calvin and I both discovered that he is uh, Marlon Mack is free agent, and I assume they won't bring him back. So that's very good for Jonathan Taylor's value. And then 12, I talked about it earlier. I do not like Ezekiel Elliott. I think that Tony Pollard's starting to dig into to his workload. That makes up my top 12 all repeat it. McCaffrey, one. Cook, two. Barkley, three. Henry, four. Five, Chubb. Six is Austin, uh, Calvin's favorite, Austin Eckler. Seven, Alvin Kamara. Eight, Dante Adams. Nine, Aaron Jones. Ten, Tyree Kill. Eleven, Jonathan Taylor. And 12 is Ezekiel Elliott. Way too early, first round. Wow. The marathon episode is about to wrap up. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. That's it. That Are we hitting all. the credits, Calvin? Eh, well, I mean, if we, I, I don't know if we, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll do so. I'll do like a sort of shortened version of the credits. I mean, I've sort of been doing that lately, like a shortened version. Follow us on Twitter, our podcast for updates at SGF pod. Follow me at Calvin underscore SGF. Chris is at Chris underscore SGF and send questions to our personal Twitters or at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. You can get, you can send questions to us just for us to answer on Twitter or just let us know. If you send them to our email address, we'll assume they're for the show. If you send them, unless you say they aren't, if you send them to our Twitter, we'll assume you just want us to answer them right then and there unless you say they're for the show. It's a pretty good system, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, check out our weekly sports talk show, Second and Goal Sports Talk. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at SG Sports Talk. Click the link in the description. You can go find it. We go live every Saturday, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, and I sometimes call some uh, games as well, play-by-play, although now that football season's over, I might be doing that, but maybe not as much. But that shows about all sports, not just fantasy, not just football, all sports. It's uh, just us babbling about our opinions. Um, for, email us that show at Second and Goal Sports Talk at gmail.com with questions and again follow us on twitter at sg sports talk thanks for listening and uh this is what's going to happen or this is what i think of chris's austin eckler take i needed to press it five more times i wasn't done pressing it chris i'm sorry i i I couldn't i i have to austin eckler is just i don't like the take of RB6. I'm going to make fun of you for ranking him ahead of Alvin Kamara. I know I will. Yep. All right. We'll see. Oh, but Austin Eckler, I know I'm right. I, he, I've got to be right. Oh, man. If I'm right, I'm going to be so happy.
Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Oh, wait, we got to play the, we got to play the outro. I almost forgot about that. All right. So uh, thanks for listening. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.